What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Spider-Man Universe in Review. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Hello. The big daddy, Greg Miller. Oh, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> and the producer's Nick Scarfino. Whip and release, Tim. Whip and release, everybody. Um, of course, this is Kind of Funny's In Review, where each and every week we come together to rank, review, and recap every single movie franchise in existence. So many new movies are popping off, so the next couple weeks we're going to be returning to some of the fan favorite In Review series, some favorite re review series, and then just some review series. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We have Indiana Jones coming <laughs> up. We have Transformers. <laughs> we have The Flash. Uh, we have Pixar's Elemental. Um, whole bunch of cool stuff. So you want to want to stay tuned to youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com to be able to watch them as a video. But if you want to get them as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review, and we will be right there for you. Um, if you want to get the show ad free, though, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producer, Nathan Lamothe has done. He gets the show. Thank ad you, free. Nathan. He gets all the bonus content we do, like an episode of kind of feudy each and every week. It's our take on family feud. If you want a preview of that, over on youtube.com slash kind of funny we put up a free one for everybody you don't need to pay anything you just get to check out the show that you could be getting each and every week over on patreon um and a reminder at the beginning of every month all of the previous month's $25 plus tier rewards get given to you at the $10 tier so for $10 right now it being the first day of June as we record this, you're getting a whole bunch of, of content. Right? I think you, you said, what, 200 pieces of content? I mean, it's well over that now. That was what it was, I think, two months ago when I did the math on what you'd get for 10 bucks. So now you're well over, probably, you're closer to two. Dozens of episodes of, of Kind of Feudy and so many of the other great shows we do. So you can definitely check that out. And you should. Uh, today we're brought to you by BetterHelp. But I'll tell you about that later. Reminder for everybody, this is a spoiler-filled conversation about Across ee -wee, ee -wee. the Spider-Verse. So if you don't want any spoilers, you should definitely get out right now. Oh. We're going all in. We're going deep and we're going hard, Andy. Are we live? No. Oh. Uh, we are live, but it's not shared. Yeah, he, no other human beings are seeing this. There's no trogs are seeing this. Oh. Why did you tweet something? That's why it was at three. Yeah. 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 So here we are today. We're talking about Across the Spider-Verse uh, with a runtime of two hours and 20 minutes, making it a little, uh, about 23 minutes more than the, than the first movie. What do you got, Nick? Hey, I mean, Andy's over there taking pictures like he's John Wick. He's just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah, just, wait, what's happening? We're talking about Spider-Verse. It's an exciting time, man. He's up to something. Release, He's up dude. to something. Let's else. go. No, what, look, Greg. No. Whenever you're up to something, you're up to something. Yeah. When I'm just content. taking photos, I'm just gonna. I'm not up to. It's not some wild scheme that suddenly this photo is gonna pop up in your mailbox two months from now, <laughs> and it's gonna be marked to like from you know who with a winky like drawn in. <laughs> I do something once or twice with like a know? feather Excuse and a Lego me? piece, Excuse and me. it's like what else? What does this Excuse mean? Excuse me, I'm talking to Nick. <laughs> Nick, do you know how many times I almost I wanted to uh, text Roger, hey, are you busy this weekend? And then have him say, no, what's up? And then I was going to text back, I've hidden three bombs around the city. <laughs> Probably good not to text yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> I think. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. I got, you know, sometimes I haven't had the Coke, so I'm not like up there ready to go just the to make it happen. Just Can I tell you that I started, I started giggling when I was going to the bathroom earlier today because I thought about this. You saw it. I, saw that, I thought about that squeakful joke that I laid on you in the kitchen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. Well, much of a joke. I just remember when Alvin and the Chipmunks made a sequel and they called it a squeakle. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. That's the kind of stuff we're at. We don't, Why don't we do that here? We don't get that right now because of the writer's strike. You know what we I mean? Don't. Gary would have <laughs> sorted don't. out. 
We sure don't. Fran Drescher. Crack the whip. We're talking about Across the Spider-Verse, like I said, runtime two hours and 20 minutes, released on June 2nd, 2023. A third film, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, yeah. is currently scheduled to be released on March 29th, 2024. Uh, directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, best known for his directing work on the television series Justice League Un- Unlimited, yeah. Avatar The Last Airbender, G.I. Yeah. Joe Resolute, The Legend of Korra, and Voltron Legendary Defender. Some of people's favorite animated shows. I should finish Avatar, man. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I I got to, you know, I just I got to the point, Tim, where everybody's like, that's where it starts getting actually really, really, really good. When like season one was like really good, but then it gets like really amped up in season two, and that's kind of exactly where I fell off. Because I was like, that's a little too kiddy, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want some like, you know, I mean, it's you really, really well written though. DNA. So far, I'll get back to it. So far, for some reason, I thought you were just gonna say boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Some hunkers. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> straight up honkers. Um, Kemp Powers, uh, an American filmmaker and playwright, best known for his work on the play One Night in Miami, the 2020 film adaptation of the same name, mm. and Soul. Uh, his screenplay for One Night in Miami earned him a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination at the Academy Awards, uh, and his work on Soul made him the first African-American to co-direct a Disney animated feature. And then Justin K. Thomas. So three co-directors on this one. Seems to be the same team going into uh, working on Beyond as well. Bam! Uh, and this completely different team than the first movie. Uh, important to note. Oh, okay. Uh, but there's so much creatives involved in this that it's like you can obviously see. Like it's a, it's very collaborative. Um, it's a great photo that Greg just pulled up right here. This is from the or Kevin one and only Pandemus. Pandemus. He's put up some art there. Yeah, of course. Looks like shirtless Spider Man and shirtless Miles Morales, dominated by. Oh, I didn't notice Johnny Miles Morales, Ace, the Hunter. Uh, yeah, of course. This is an Insomniac Spider Man two reference we have going on here as the shirtless. Spider Verse continues to who can, expand. Who can I be in the shirtless verse? Like the one guy with the shirt on. I would rather. I'd prefer to keep my shirt on. Yeah, yeah. on shirt Spider Man. But Donald ducking it. So. Let's Andy. There, Panama. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Please, tasteful please blur. Don't. Tasteful blur. <laughs> um, this one was written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and David Callahan. Um, Christopher Miller. Did not work on the last one, only Phil Lord in, in writing perspectives. Oh. Um, music, once again, done by Daniel Pemberton. Uh, and then probably the most important thing, character and costume designer, Chris motherfucking Anka, who absolutely knocked it out of the park. And I just need everybody to understand this. Chris Anka did such amazing work. And not only is his name in the credits, his name is the goddamn credits. We start, it's part of the fun motion graphics credits where you, his name, he shares the screen with two other names total. That is awesome That's and crap. so well-deserved. And being at the premiere with him, seeing all the love he got from everybody, Chris, you are an utter badass. Thank you so much for being our friend. Thank you for being on the last episode. If you guys haven't seen our rewatch of Into the Spider-Verse, Chris joined us for that, and it was an excellent time. So you should check that out and, as well. And I, I want to, like, kind of expand on that because i think that this team is so like they know what is the reason why these movies are so magical right like they uh, whenever i see phil lord or, or any of these writers talking about like ai is not going to write a story for you like people are the are the machines behind these stories you know and it did not surprise me at all because we're so used to seeing in the big motion graphics, that's where Robert Downey Jr. is, that's where so-and-so is. And then mid-credits hit, and then all the other people that worked on the movie pop up in the scrolling thing, and it's fast, and you're like, oh, I think I saw so-and-so's name who maybe worked on a costume. But to be in the beginning of this, like, and that's why I didn't notice it, honestly. Like, I was not expecting Chris's name to be there. Mm-hmm. I, I sat, I leaned over to Nick, and I was like, I'm going to take a photo of, of Chris's name, and 
And it's after the mid credit scene. I'm like, I wonder, fuck, man. Yeah, like, where is he? Where, where, is, he? Like, where is he? Maybe he I didn't it. start taking photos soon enough. And then Chris texted me. He was like, no, no, no. I'm like in the credits credits. So I was like, I'm oh, in main, baby. Shit. Yeah. And so he sent me a photo. He was like, don't worry. I took a photo. <laughs> I'll send it to you. So like, it's so cool. It's like such an honor to even know the guy. Nick leaned over next to me and was like, God damn, dude. Chris is so talented. When Miguel is on screen, it's like yeah. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Great job, guys. Like it's it's one of those things where you go like like if I knew how talented Chris was, probably wouldn't act the way I act in front of him. Like oh, 90% of, course. of the time. No, but that's why he loves you. Fair. Oh, because I you don't treat, treat him like, like a normal superstar, guy. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I got that. that. I get that. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I remember when I brought him into the kind of funny studio, the old studio. This I remember. Studio, right? You changed your mind. Every one of you motherfuckers was like, "Who the fuck's this guy? I can't believe he's even." Mostly because you didn't tell. I us can't believe he's even here. Yeah, exactly. You were insulted. You were the especially because you hate. But no, because I remember him bringing up like party mode episodes and stuff that he'd watch. I'm like, oh, he actually watches. And then shit. you were like, oh, he's a fucking dork. You know what I mean? Like you call other fans dorks. That, yeah. Sounds like something. Why don't you say what, say what you said about the Hagglers pub publicly? That's yeah. not true. I spent so much time with Chris and Destiny over the past oh, like several months. That's not true. Not the Hagglers. And the whole pandemic with Chris. Okay, where were you in the Discord calls, Greg? Jesus, keep going. You're doing a great job. Thank you. One. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, this one had a budget of $100 million, just $10 million more than the last one, um, which I'm very surprised by. That's wild. Yeah. Because this movie feels so much It bigger. feels expensive. So much more expensive so than dense. the other one. Yeah. Characters. Um, box office, it's trending at to 150 million global opening weekend, which is absolutely huge for, for this type of movie. Um, the last movie closed overall at 384.3 million. I think that this one's going to pass that uh, pretty easily. So that's really exciting stuff overall. That's so exciting. Um, the yeah, the fact that like it being on Netflix for however long it was on there, I think opened it up to a lot more people than just... The people who go, ah, oh, cartoon, I, I, that doesn't matter to me. I won't watch that. That's not like the live action, you know, Tom Holland stuff. I really hope that that kind of really blew this movie up and the sequel does gangbusters. Andy, I rarely start with you. <gasps> I want to hear. What'd okay. you think of Across the Spider-Verse? I loved it. Fucking love this movie, man. Um, it, I think it's like definitely, it's, it's a longer movie. It, you kind of feel it in some spots. Um, because I, I had to go pee. <laughs> and that was like a, man, I <laughs> that's really... Where you, so you were feeling it downstairs. Yeah, that, yeah, that's where I was feeling it. And I fucking rushed over there, which is a great sign of a movie that I'm enjoying. Now, when you like rushed, during you fast run X, or did you do the fast walk? No, fast during fast... No, 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 I ran. Yeah, wow. During Fast Dang. X, it was, a, you know, it was a little bit of a... a fast X, I went out of the park. I was, I was whistling and shit. Um, no, yeah, this movie's incredible. I, I think that the, the way that they expanded the universe, the sort of twists and turns that occur, the... Like, really, really going hard on the different art styles, which was kind of, sort of explored with the characters in part one, where we'd see, oh, this is uh, how Noir looks in his world. He's all black and white. But actually getting to spend time with Gwen in her world, and there's a sad scene, and the paint is running in the environment. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the, the paint that is making up the environment around her. And then happy things happen, and the environment sort of changes. Like, it is... This is just like a work of art. All of the every person who touched this movie made magic. Um, I had a blast with it. I th would. I need to rewatch it with subtitles because yeah. there's a lot. They this movie throws a lot at you. Whether it's a shitload of characters saying a shitload of quippy things that you're like, damn it, I wish I heard that because I bet you that was funny. But luckily, you hear enough of it. I thought the mixing in the theater we saw was pretty bad. Uh, so there's a lot of dialogue that I miss out on. Um, Spider-Punk is Daniel Kaluuya. Shout out Daniel Kaluuya. 
he went full British with his accent, and it was... It's already hard for us Americans to understand that sort of British accent, mm -hmm. but when it's you're in a theater with the audio's not great, it's even tougher. Yeah, yeah. But I fucking loved him. I just think like this movie nailed every character nailed the the role that they uh, were cast to be in, and I'm a sucker for cliffhangers, man. Like I know people don't love that shit. I am such a sucker for the boom to be continued sort of shit. I am such a, a such a sucker for it. So yeah, this movie rules. Absolutely, definitely go see it. I will be rewatching this movie several times in theaters. Who wants to go next? Nick, Greg, for fight sure, for it for. to the death. Are you going to go one, two, show or one, one three, two, show? three, show? Okay. One, two, three, show. God. One, it's just going to go the whole time because we're just perfect. You go. We're, <laughs> we're just perfect. perfect. We are perfect. We're perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll be here for hours. <laughs> Greg, go for it. Uh, Tim, this is a great time that I was disappointed by. Um, I don't think it lived up to the expectations or the uh, legacy of the first one. Uh, I think it's a great time. Like, I enjoyed myself throughout. At no point was I was like, I'm bored. Oh, God, I want to get out of here. Anything like that. Uh, I just, I think I'm on the opposite side of the coin Andy was talking about, where this movie fails to tell a complete story. And I understand that it's part one and part two, but that fucking sucks. And so it sucks to be in a movie that goes and goes and goes and ends. And it's just like, okay, I feel Infinity War goes and goes and goes and told the story and ended and left me going, oh my God, I can't wait for Endgame. This one I feel slighted on of like, okay, cool. I watched this whole thing and now I got to wait till March, which I'll believe when I see totally. based on how this one slipped to. And granted, COVID is also involved in all that, but blah, blah, blah. Like, I hope that's true. I think when they are both out and I can watch them back to back, I will be able to appreciate it more. And even with, I shouldn't even say that. I was going to say even with, and I guess it's true. Even with the first Spider-Verse, right? The more I watched it, the more I appreciated it, the more I loved it. But when I got home, like Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, right? That was the first one, uh, was like a religious experience. Like I went home that night and sat down, crisscrossed applesauce in front of the TV and re-downloaded Spider-Man PS4 and started playing, I think, in the suit they just dropped that day or whatever. Like I, I think I'm pretty sure if I didn't, I really wanted to make it back to the theater for it. I'm pretty sure I made it back to the theater. And then when it dropped on Netflix, I watched it again and again and again. Like I was so blown away by that movie. And what it did and with the characterizations it did. And, you know, you know, Miles jumping off the glass, which we just talked about last week. But every time you have to talk about it because just what a beautiful, poignant, amazing moment. Anyone can wear the mask choking up during it for me watching it. Like, all that was there. And I didn't get that from this one. Like, this one I got from a lot of buildup to where we're going. But I didn't feel we got there. I felt like it, you know, didn't tell its own story. It hinged too much on that part two business, which I'm not a fan of. And I think that, you know, you can do that without doing this. I think you can tell a more buttoned up ending on this one rather than leave us in the lurch for, okay, cool. I was just here for a very long episode of TV and I have to wait for the next one that, you know, comic books will do the cliffhangers, but a month later, I usually get the next book. Yeah, that's not true. Meh. Joking. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, well, it depends <laughs> yeah. on delays there too, right? And everything else, but for the most part, right. In terms of what they're doing, what they're building. So I think this is a great time and a great movie and stuff, but I did not come home on cloud nine. Holy crap. I have to watch it again. I definitely want to, because of course I lost, uh, I, we had movie theaters on the ropes. We almost got rid of them because they're an inferior way to watch stuff. Uh, but we lost. And so now I have to keep going to fucking shitty theaters for shitty experiences. I'll be excited to watch it with subtitles, the sound bar, be able to pause, look in the background. It is such a dense movie. There's so much going on in it, which I think is going to really benefit repeat watches. It's really going to benefit the, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? The breakdowns, the this, that, and the other. But again, on opening night, or not even opening night for us, watching it and everything else, my head was kind of swimming and spinning on it, and I was going through it. And then, yeah. I just came home and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I wanted more from that. I would love to watch Scorsese 
and Tarantino just beat the shit out of Greg and his theater takes. First off, go ahead, Nick. No, first off, Scorsese's ahead, old as shit. Right Quentin Tarantino and his prom, I could take down. So I, they're welcome. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, if you want to time travel, bring your twenty year old ass here. What about Christopher Nolan though, with all the scarves? Dude, no, he seems, he seems like he's <laughs> all the scarves. Yeah, you can't knock it out. He's too top heavy. It's like a stabilizer. Um, I, I hear all of Greg's criticisms about this, but I absolutely love this movie. Uh, I understand that the story. I, I don't like cliffhangers either. I was actually hoping for a little bit more of a contained story as well. But I think they did a really, really good job with making this movie. You know, the Herculean effort of trying to top the first one. I think they came very, very close to that with this one from a story perspective. From our perspective, unbelievable. Like there was a moment in this movie where I leaned over to Andy when he was he had come back to to what we thought was his world and he was swinging through the city and it just dawned on me I was like none of this is real they had to generate every single background in this thing and it moves so fast and everything's constantly moving there's always something going on that you probably don't no one's ever going to notice that's just back there because some artist was like I I fucking love this and this is going to be incredible right off the rip. When I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be more of a Gwen story. I'm like, genius, that's great. It, it draws me in. And then, the not, not the MacGuffin, but the sort of the plot device of having it not be Uncle Ben, having it be like the cop has to be that, the one uh, canon event. I'm like, that's, that's genius. It's simple. It's perfect. It draws me back in. It makes the story very, very personal. And uh, it, I, at the end of the day, I was like, I'm, I'm really happy to be back with these characters. I'm happy to have them fleshed out a little bit more, no, no pun intended. Um, and I really, really just enjoyed the hell out of it from from just watching this movie. Two-thirds of the way through, I'm like, what, I'm entranced by this. Andy. What was the pun? Uh, fleshing out is an art term. Uh, oh, wow. That's <laughs> sorry. deep. I appreciate Actually, it. Actually, not yeah. even a pun. Actually, just kind of a relevant reference no, to this fun. specifically. Um, I, I really liked it a lot. I, I'll be really interested to hear everyone's opinions when we get to that part of whether or not it was better than the first one. Because uh, I think those are really good. It's going to be a fun, heated debate on that one. But overall, I cannot wait to watch this at my house. Exactly what Greg's talking about. Pause it, relax, and do it. Because I feel like so much of it rushed by me that I like missed 20% of the movie. Um, I wish to God, though. And then the big criticism, I wish they Lord of the Rings this. Or it was like, or Matrix did. Or it was like six months later, the next one comes out. Yeah. Because that would be so good. Because I also, I just don't like the cliffhanger endings. I didn't like it in Fast X. It, it felt like wow, we're just stopping the movie here, and in this one, it kind of felt like it was stopping as well. But other than that, just a, just a fun experience. Timothy, God damn, I love this movie. I can't wait to watch it again. And in fact, in two and a half hours, I am watching. Yeah, it and Dolby baby, and I can't wait to see these colors pop. I and I expect that it's going to be a religious experience. I've never seen colors like this in. A, a movie in a theater ever. I can't believe how much this took the, the first movie and was like, what worked about that in terms of the visuals, the art, the sound, all of it. Let's turn it up, not even to 11, to a thousand. Like really committing to all that insanity and characters and themes and moments that really, I think, benefit uh, the whole kind of zeitgeist of where we're at right now in terms of superhero movies, in terms of animation. Like you look at the Renaissance era of Disney and Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Lion King. Like we're in a new form of that moment right now where Spider-Verse seeming like the upcoming Ninja Turtles movie, um, Puss in Boots last year. There's like a new energy um, being put into animated films that's not just the Disney Pixar DreamWorks kind of rinse and repeat cycle we've seen for so long. Sometimes to amazing effect. I'm not at all dissing that. It just kind of, we've seen it before. I've never seen anything like this. And seeing Spider-Verse, watching the second one, it's like, I've never seen anything like this. And I felt that like 
every couple minutes with something going on. A lot of the criticisms being shared here, I don't necessarily disagree with, with the idea or core of them. I love cliffhangers. I love the fact that we know we're getting another one, so it doesn't bother me at all that this movie committed to this being the vision, it ending the way that it did. I think this movie commits, and like I think it's a miracle that it exists. Like the fact that the first movie uh, exists, I think is like mind blowing. I mm. talked about it a lot last week, but like just how special it is to me. Of like, I, it feels so tailor made for me, and like, I can't believe that 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 it exists, and I like it as much as I do, and so many others like it as much as I do. For the it to get a sequel and a third uh, movie in the trilogy already announced, like. I, I just feel like it's the biggest win imaginable that like we know we're getting this like this was a risk and it won the Academy Award and it did okay at the box office the fact that this one seems to be doing better like I'm just so excited because I, I want more of this type of vision and this type of commitment to doing something different and whatever that is and I think that um, the focus on this this movie's cast of characters and their iteration of Gwen and Miles that in a lot of ways is becoming the definitive mainstream understanding sure. of these sure. characters and their origins and their, their personality traits yeah. and how they differ from Peter. Also knowing that a lot of people have prior knowledge of Spider-Man to some extent, most people to many extents, whether it's games, TV shows, comics, movies, all of the things. Um, this movie plays with that fandom. It plays with the understanding that we all have uh, from all the movies we've watched, whether they're superhero or not, whether they're Marvel, whether they're Spider-Man, whether they're Legacy, whether they're um, Lord and Miller, 21 Jump Street type comedy, the Lego movie, all of that. This just feels like such a celebration, and I feel like it's like the best example of using that passion and that energy to, hey, let's actually make something here. Let's make some art here. I think this movie is, is fantastic art, and it is like blows my damn mind. Is it the best movie? I don't think so, but I don't think it needs to be. I like that it's something different here, and I think in the comparison to Fast X, I mean, it's night and day. You know what I mean? Like, this ends, and it's like, this sure did not feel like a complete story or whatever, and it did feel a little weird to, like, rise, 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 to like, get to this moment of, like, oh, my God, things are about to pop off, and then it just says to be continued. But, like, I like that that kind of feels unique to me. Like, we don't see that that much. And um, We had a couple complete arcs as well. Like I, Yeah. I, well, I, I liked Miles, like, Hey, mom, I stood up to him. I did it like you told me. Uh, I followed what you did, and like th just having that sort of wrapped up was enough of a okay. That's his arc for this movie here. Like there wasn't the, obviously like the the cliffhanger is that everybody is kind of joining in to help Miles out or whatever in part three. But I still f I'm happy that we at least got that resolved. Mm -hmm. You know, like we. We'll see what the arc is in part three, but I'm happy that we got that at least. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, when you're walking away and there's that cliffhanger, the question is, do you feel satiated? Do you feel like you got an incredible experience? And like, I, I felt like there was so much in this that I can't help but say, yes, of course, I'm full. But what oh, I've yeah. liked it to have been like the, that, 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 that bittersweet moment of Infinity War where you're like, oh my God, like a gut punch. Yeah, sure. But I'll, I'll take what we got. No, this is, this is Fellowship of the Rings for me, bro. This is like... You you watch the full movie and then let's hunt some more. Like fuck yeah, they're running out of credits. Oh my god, yes, dude, I'm yeah. amazing. And and for me, when it comes to the cliffhanger, I feel like going into the the movie, I was like, it, it's very similar to Succession, where it's like going in, you kind of see, I I think they could do this, they could do this, knowing it's going to be a cliffhanger ending for this one. It's like there's only so many things that can happen, and I feel like we'll get into it in the the plot in a second. But I feel like knowing the comics and knowing the lore of the Ultimate Universe, Miles Morales, all of that, I was like oh, they're going to kill this person or they're going to kill this person. And instead, they didn't do that. And I think that the where we ended with this, the movie telegraphed beautifully. I'm sitting there the moment it shows Earth 42. I was like, oh, here we go. 
the way they did it, I just thought was masterful. And I feel like the, the theater was losing their minds. And I think that the general public is, the people that are looking for the signs are going to see them. The people that aren't are going to be like mind blown of like, holy crap, this is a cool twist. Um, and that stuff to me, I think just really worked because it wasn't the obvious stuff. It wasn't the like, oh, I know how the story goes. It's like they, they're one step ahead of me as a viewer, not just as a viewer, viewer as like a psychopath that lives and breeds and reads this shit constantly. Um, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. So love this film. Can't wait to watch it again. Definitely going to watch it at least two more times in theaters. Very cool. We're gonna get to the plot, but before we do that, let me give you a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I know this from experience, how often it just seems easier to care about others and to keep it moving. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burnt out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my very best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. Have I been writing these lyrics this whole time and no, trying to formulate this? No, gosh, no. Here comes the plot, take it away, Nick. This movie is long, but it's super sick. The screen was really small, but it's not Joey's fault. Should have gone to Dolby, we saw it at the mall. Ooh, Chris Anka's really cool. That's all, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. I like that. Welcome to the plot, ladies and gentlemen, for Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, we open in Gwen's universe, and you want to talk about visually stunning and gorgeous and beautiful and being you know, true to the comics, right, and what we've seen from Ghost Spider and everything else. Like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. This was such a feast for the eyes. Yeah. So well done. So the extended beautiful. extended glitch intro, too. Like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. much longer thing with all the different production studios. So I was like, oh, this is a perfect way to get into the comics code hidden. Strong. So yeah, we get there, we get Gwen's story, we get dropped into her world, right? And we get the backstory that we kind of knew already, right, from the last one. But this is her chance to shine, as Nick was talking about, right? So again, we get to hear a little bit more about her. We get to see her playing with the Mary Janes. We get to see her dad. We get to hear about her Peter. Of course, voiced by who, Tim? Jack Quaid. That's right. No Jack way. Quaid. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's cool shit. I didn't Super know that. Super cool. Super cool. I didn't know it at the time either because we could barely fucking hear it. But yeah. Like, yeah. yeah it we can't... had the same problem too. Yeah. Like, and we, we were talking about this. I do think that this movie just has a lot going on. We'll see tonight in Dolby, which should have the perfect mix. I think that it's part of the stylistic choice of just having it be, there's so much going on visually and in the audio realms that like, I don't know that we'll like, it's a subtitle movie for me for sure as well. I think but. you guys are just not, you're downplaying Jack Quaid's talent. He literally just disappeared into mm -hmm, the role mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so well that you guys couldn't tell it was him. It's true. But I, I guess it's more of like an oh shit, like that's why he was at the yeah. red car. It wasn't just because he was a guest. He's okay. That's all. Well, but also oh shit moment of like, she, we didn't get this story in the last one, right? We didn't understand why her Peter died. And it's so we saw the origin. We did. did we see him as the her? lizard? Her little, yeah, we see him like coming back. Coming yeah, back he had like the it. scales. Oh, shit. Okay. Just in the really quick, like, let's start this one last time. Yeah, it was a quick little animatic. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that he was like a bad guy and that she had, had to unfortunately kill him. That was, that's 
heartbreaking. It was cool. It is, man. It is. It's cool here that we get the reasoning for it. Like, I want to be super like you. Like, that's, mm-hmm. oh, man. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course. Andy's going to go out. Gwen Stacy's father, Captain Stacy, sees a spider, a ghost spider, spider woman, uh, spider Gwen. Could uh, not place this guy's voice for the longest time. Jay Wingham, baby. Jay Wingham. My guy. I was like, God, who's that? Anyway. He's the, he, he's on Boardwalk Empire. He was the brother. Got him. Nailed it. Thank yeah. you. That's perfect. Right and now I, exactly. I forgot his name. He's also now. the guy who gets his nose broken yep. in Fast and Furious. You know um, who I picture? Who? Craig T. Nelson. Oh, that's incredible. Like, I, he just looks like a guy who would voice that guy. You can go see him right now. He's in Book Club, too. Mm. Movie or show? It's a, it's a movie. Jane Fonda. Greg, can you do me a favor? Yeah. If I can't remember this actor's name going forward, can you give me the mnemonic devi- uh, device of Chief Wiggum? Chief Wiggum. Jay Wiggum. Jay Wiggum. Wiggum. Okay. It's in there now. Nailed yeah. it. That's done. We got it's it. It's in there now. Chief Wiggum. Don't worry. Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have nothing to worry about. Captain Stacy sees uh, Spider-Gwen uh, over Peter's body or whatever. Doesn't see Peter was lizard, of course. Uh, and then just says, you fucking kill them, you jerk. And she's like, blah, blah, I'm Spider-Gwen. And she swings away. What a win. So, of course, this, me- this leads to Captain Stacy and the New York police thinking that she's bad and that she's a murderer and they got to stop Spider-Gwen. Lots they have a task force out there trying to stop her, but she's hiding her stuff in a drum. Uh, she's drumming with the Mary Trains, but she's not even like Jane with them you know what i mean they're on different she's just solo and she's not paying attention it's gonna be a good vh1 behind the music totally totally yeah, but it's that she quits the band she leaves the band she comes home captain stacy of course uh, is you know tied up in a spider gwen business uh you know he, he, they have a, a stilted conversation his father and daughter or whatever uh but they do hug here which is nice right they hug in a couple of spots but this is they got a hug here because they still love each other it's just rough going right now right Tough. and so then the hug is interrupted of course by the police scanner going off and guess what you got a metahuman activity going on captain stacy you get on down here it's the vulture he's like i'm gonna go you know we usually where the bad guys go but go spider go spider woman goes yeah exactly some of this is this is one character that's well that 900 names you know what i mean uh-huh what what well about said. barbosa no well said barbosa he ate a green apple he came down and he said what is going on with my ship and he bit into it and everybody's like that that's a fucking cliffhanger andy that's a fucking cliffhanger <laughs> is that from one of your jurassic world movies no that's from a pirates movie god pirates too didn't you guys do pirates interview Not no yet. Come on. Yeah. Oof. Can't wait for that one. Uh, you have an intro made. <laughs> we just never no way. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, play the intro. <laughs> uh, of course, Captain Stacy's right. Uh, they run. I think it's the Met or something like that, right? Uh, and they go there, and then Spider-Gwen's got to go. So she's swinging over there, too. She swings over there, and she's super cool. And she was in her ballet shoes. And I was like, wait a second. I thought you guys said she was going to wear cons in this one. We'll get to that later. Uh, she gets in there, and guess what? There's a bunch of shit falling and crap getting thrown around. And up there, what is it? It's the vulture. But guess what? It's not the vulture from this dimension. Mm-mm. It's the vulture from an Italian uh, espresso drinking thing. Yeah. And yeah. she nails me. He's like, that's pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. So Voice- good. By uh, Jorma from uh, Lonely Island. Oh, what? Okay, really? Awesome. I would love to just be a part of Phil Lord's crew. It just seems like these dudes have a fun time making movies. And hey, Andy Samberg, you're a funny guy. We worked on shit before. Like uh, fucking be in this movie. Like it just sounds awesome. Do you think it's better or worse than being in the Happy Madison crew? Better. I'd say. Who do you think has better drugs? I'd say worse because the Happy Madison crew. Just they get paid to go on vacation, dude. They just get they just like sure we'll make a movie while we're on vacation. Just film us whenever you but can. But their movies don't make four hundred million dollars. 
But they keep on making them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Netflix. Uh, I think about the bu- the budget comparison, you know, right the there. vacation budget versus the animation budget. Italian Vulture has this whole thing. They fight for a while, right? And when Gwen's down and looks like she's beat, what happens? Uh, Jessica sweeps in, right? Jessica Drew. Jessica Drew. Uh, she comes Issa in. She, she's pregnant. What's that? Issa Rae. Oh, that's the ah. What's she been in? HBO's insecure. 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 Got it. Thank you. Nailed it. You guys are crushing it. I know the references. I appreciate that. <laughs> Usually you guys are like, well, you know, yeah. fucking Carl Malone. And- <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't help me at all. Doesn't help me at all. Like, you know, I just come back to basketball. <laughs> if you remember the 94 World Series. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Drew shows up. Spider-Man 2099 shows up. Miguel <laughs> Oh my <laughs> god, bro! They start fucking up Vulture's world or whatever, right? And they're just beating the shit out of him, and they all—they get the upper hand. They, does he get away? Do they put him in a thing? I can't remember. Do they put him in a thing? Uh, I think they thing. trap they him. Like yeah, they yeah. captured. Yeah, him they put him in the thing or whatever. I just can't imagine Drew, a little underutilized in this movie. I feel like they're teasing it towards the end of her being part of like the the hunter group. But I can't I was surprised. Im- I can't imagine a cooler intro stinger than what we got with Prowler, yeah. and they outdid it with twenty ninety nine. Like just. That sound effect to like, hey, this fucking dude is here. Oh my god, awesome! Uh, Captain Stacy has a, a face off with uh, Spider Gwen, uh, calling her out on her bullshit. But she's got the drop. She's out of webs. Uh, she can't make him like Peter can organically. You know what I mean? Remember that? Uh, and so she turns around and eventually knows the jig is up. She takes off her mask, revealing, of course, she is in fact Gwen Stacy, Captain Stacy's daughter. Captain Stacy lowers his gun. But then raises the gun and goes back into the Miranda right. Oh, this is a man brutal. dedicated to the craft of being a policeman. Dude, you got to respect it. These are the moments that I, I think, you know, this is the most Spider-Man movie that we've ever had. Where there, because there's so many of them, because they're dealing with the stuff, I feel like they just touched on a lot of the, these, like, those moments that make us all feel so intensely like, oh, no. And this one did it for me. Like, I didn't see that yeah. coming. And I also like the idea, like, hey, in this universe, like, Everybody's a fucking pizza, and in this universe, cops, honorable, good dudes. You yeah. know, well, like, it's just one. Like yeah. there's, al- there's always one. Yeah. Uh, you know, they get intercepted or and separated by the other two Spider Men people, and so then it's like, all right, cool. We're well, we're gonna go. We're going into this cool little fucking asshole in the space time continuum we've made. Mm-hmm. And then Gwen's like, "Can I come?" And, and, and Miguel's like, "No, you can't come." And then uh, the other ones, Jessica's like, "Well, cause she's got nothing else going on. Come on, let her go. Let her go in the hole. Why don't we all go in the let hole? Her go in let the her hole. go in the hole." And Miguel's like, mm, "All right, fine, come in the hole." And then we get the fucking <laughs> We get the logo for the movie, and it's it, we're here, guys. It's Spider Verse, bam, too, but they don't call it that. Uh, from there, we go to check in on the one and only Miles Morales. Uh, you know what I mean? Our Spider Man, right? And so the deal over there is that he's. Uh, I'm actually checking with his parents, or whatever. You know how this is. We check in with them in the guidance counselor's office, right? Talking about uh, this, but Miles is late. What's that kid up to? He's got his head in the clouds. Rachel Dretch. Yeah. Rachel Dretch. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Love this. Love the parents. Like the dynamic. And again, this is the fun part about the sequels. You get to come back. We know these characters. So we can keep developing this, but they're dynamic back and forth is so good yeah super fun performances great writing the, the fun quippy stuff but i love the year later miles morales this is a different miles you know like he's taller we, when we way taller mm-hmm. and like More there hair. is there's that level of uh maturity that comes with puberty right of like seeing him in the first movie being like don't wink at me man <laughs> didn't mean to I, it, honestly <laughs> i can to. tell you didn't that mean was, to, that was but an involuntary was it just like <laughs> there's, there's, words that, there's like, words that trigger it i can't help it <laughs> Puberty is one of them. <laughs> I saw you wink. I saw it on your face. You're like, I didn't mean to do that. That's, that's so, it. That's so <laughs> fucking 
think funny. That one got out. That one got out. Yeah. Go back in. But, uh, <laughs> but like seeing him, not only like like just as a a boy becoming a man, like dealing with that all that normal stuff that they do such a good job with with the parents and stuff. But also, he's a year into being the Spider Man, and like we know what that can mean. And like seeing he, there's a cockiness to him that comes from you know being Top of getting the world. taller a little bit in high school, but then also. He's like, he's like, I got this shit, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I, and he has secrets like, and I think that that there's like a power to it all that, uh, I think that, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Shamik? Shamik Moore? Yeah. yeah. Like the performance, like the growth in the performance between the last movie and this movie, I thought they did such a great job with. Yeah. You got someone else? He's fighting the spot. The spot yeah, played by, couldn't put, couldn't. Couldn't Jason Schwartzman, come on, time. man. So I think I was like, of course, Phantom Planet. Jason Schwartzman. Uh, yeah, so he puts a whatever, an empanada in the thing while the spot's trying to steal an ATM poorly or whatever in this little bodega. I love it, too, because the guy that owns the bodega knows him. Yeah. So he's like, if you, yeah, if you, if you, you, stop, you, this, if you stop this, yeah, it's, free, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That's a great back and forth for your friendly mm-hmm. neighborhood Spider-Man. They have a great time brawling around, unable to, you know, they're having a funny little thing. They're outside the windows. You're seeing them, all sorts of stuff. It's, it's crazy out there. Dude, this fight breaks my brain. 100%. I can't. Who the fuck blocked this? Because it's so wild. Like the, where the where everything's going out. It must have been like a maze. So many holes. That's so many holes. So many holes. Not to be confused with the Shia LaBeouf classic. Holes. that I don't. Oh like. my god. You don't what? Don't tell Cool Greg. Can't. I don't like that movie. You don't it's like. Too, it's too dark. No pun intended. Anyways, they fight for a while, and eventually Miles Morales gets the upper hand and webs him through a million different holes, and then he's like, all right, cool, I got to go. And he goes to the guidance counselor's office. He's late, of course. He gets there. He's not doing well in Spanish. That's a big thing. Uh, But they go back and forth for a while. He's a good kid overall. Everybody knows that. He's trying a bunch of different stuff. And so they need to get him on track if he wants to go to New Jersey, the place no one really wants to go, but he wants to go to some fake Ivy League school. That's too far away. (laughs) We flew in there one time, and I was like, never again. Yeah, right, exactly. Miles being obsessed with this idea of wanting to go to a school to be able to learn how to get to a different dimension because, like, his friends and life, he knows that there's more out there. It's like, I just think that's such a good setup for character development and, like, the themes of where this movie is, of, like, the burdens of responsibility and, like, are you alone or do you have a team? Like, what does this all mean? And, like, I, I feel like the... Putting that in addition to him just trying to be Miles and Spider-Man, dealing with his parents and like their wants and needs that are very valid, but also in some ways are against what he should have, even just as a kid, not even a Spider-Man. Like, it's good stuff. Why doesn't his world have a Doctor Strange? Why don't they have a Comic-Con? Comic-Con? question. Why don't they have a Comic-Con? They don't? No, they do. Miles doesn't know what Comic-Con is. Mm. It's both this movie and this, mm-hmm. that, this movie and last movie. Comic-Con gets referenced. He's like, I don't know what that is. Okay. In, indicating that, in fact, his universe does not have Comic-Con. So maybe Stephen Strange is still out there, but uh, he's not yeah, a doctor. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you're in there, Stephen. Not so strange. Maybe you're tall there. Not so strange. Why? Maybe you're wearing pants. Uh, they have the whole thing. It's going pretty well. They actually turn it around. They, okay, the parents are kind of coming around and him going to this made-up school. Speaking uh, of Doctor Strange, we do get the reference to... No Way Home earlier. In right, the, yeah, the yeah. Miguel, Miguel makes fun of the little dweeb or little nerd or whatever in, yeah. in universe. Doctor Strange, the nerd boy. Of Earth 1999999. Which is the fucking correct designation. MCU, figure it out. Why do they basically call it that? Huh? Why do they call it that? Uh, in the original comics, that's what it was. But there's no reason behind it. Because nah. like sometimes, you know, like they yeah. have a, a yeah. that. You know, if I, if I remember correctly, I think like a fan was able to designate it and then they they chose that one. That's great. Um, but... Yeah, it's, you know, I have my beef with this, but... Yeah. One day the MCU will correct it. Somebody will be like, no, you guys had it all wrong. I mean, this movie even potentially semi-corrects it. Like, later we see a thing and it says 616B. So, maybe we're getting into number and letter designations here, which doesn't simplify anything, but hey. Sure enough. 
Uh, while they're finishing up this meeting and kind of coming to terms with the fact that Miles wants to go do this, of course, to go see his friends who are in another dimension, uh, Spot pops back up outside. Uh, Miles leaves to give chase to it. Of course, then uh, uh, his dad, the police officer, sees that and also runs outside to give chase to it. Uh, they give a chase to it, and they brawl back to where the collider originally was at Alchemax. I want to give a shout-out to the character design with Spot, where you can see the actual, like, when you'd you know you'd sketch out a character. Same with cool. Miguel. Was it? Yeah, Miguel oh. had the same sort of vibe, not only like on the face, but you could see the two lines coming off of his shoulders. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That yeah. was really cool. Yeah, but the, yeah, I just thought it was really, cool. really awesome. Touch. This is where the spot reveals himself that they're actually mortal enemies. He'll be his ultimate enemy because you made me. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, I worked at Alchemax. I'm the scientist who brought over the spider from the, the collider from Earth 42. And I was going to do this, but then you hit me with a bagel. And then I was like, well, I'm going to stop you or whatever. And then the thing blew up. And then that made him into the spot. And he had the spots. This is a thing where it's like, I can't wait to watch it again. Some of this I didn't love. I love all the references and retconning and trying to make a, a villain out of something. And I love the idea of him being like, I, I'm not Monster of the Week. I'm, I'm your guy. Like, I'm, I'm your, your dude. And I love that they're telling the audience that in the same sort of breath. Like, yeah. I, I, I am so happy that he's not Monster of the Week because he starts off just as a very silly dude. And there starts to become a lot more like seriousness Terror, in his yeah. tone and it's really fucking good. And I love that stuff, but the backstory and like getting him there, I, there's something about the the spot this far in the movie that I was like, mm, I don't love this. Okay. But interesting, interesting, like, I don't know if it was set up here or later but when, when Miguel really hammers it home, but he's like, you weren't even supposed to be Spider-Man. Like they, 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 we, way later. Way, way, way later. later. Yeah. That, that theme right there is like, that's incredible. It's good. Explore. Uh, you know, Miles and his dad, even though he doesn't know his dad is his dad, or, or you know what I mean, his dad doesn't know he's Spider-Man. Uh, you know, they brawl for a little bit here. There's a great moment where, like, the portal's open and, like, uh, Jefferson thinks about jumping in it, and then it's very similar to Miles going down the stairs, right, of him so going downstairs. Uh, he's on the phone with his wife at one point, right? He, he gets falls, but Miles grabs him and drops him back up there, and he's like, I call you back. Like, great stuff, great action, great humor, as, you, as you'd expect from Spider-Verse, because, of course, it's fantastic. Um, anyways, all that happens, though, and eventually they square off for, like, the big fight, and Spot accidentally kicks himself in the ass, and, or maybe even the balls, I forget, and then kicks himself into his own body portal or whatever and disappears, and Jefferson and Miles are left there to be like, uh, okay, I guess this is done. They have a somewhat a hilarious, somewhat heartwarming conversation, right, where it is Miles putting on his big voice, right, trying to talk to his dad about what's going on, and, like, you know, the dad lamenting, of course, that my, you, Sp Spider-Man, keep fucking everything up around here, making me look like an idiot. I always, no matter what I do, I come off as the bad guy, or I come off as I've screwed up. Miles, of course, can uh, understand that and says as much. Uh, then he, you know, awkwardly, of course, asks about his son. Gets that everything's great, except of course the butt drops, right? Of just like, well, everything's great, except he's just not focused, right? He's not doing. Do, I forget what the actual complaint is, but he's not happy with you know what he's doing. Kind of thing. Maybe you should just let him do his thing. Eventually, Spider-Man swings off right there, uh, right, because it's time for the party or whatever. But before that, we get the spot who's inside of himself. Then right, and, and ooh, all right, I'm gonna start sticking Working my head through these other spot, the other holes, right? And he goes through all of his own holes, which Nick loves. Don't don't I, okay. Just because it stands out, sticks out like a sore thumb. Don't love the live action integrations into this. It reminds me a lot of like. Oh, when I did. I it, thought they did a really nice job with it. It just reminds me. It, it just felt kind of TV ish. Because especially because the eye lines are always just a little bit off, and you're like, ah, I okay. fucking loved it. Are you kidding me, Mrs. Goddamn Chen? This Venom, is how you baby. Do the cat. If we're gonna get, visit Venom's universe for whatever goddamn reason, this is how you do it. I love this. When it said San Francisco, I'm like, this is 
freaking perfect, man. And then later we'll get to the other live action stuff, but I thought it was phenomenal. Of course, he originally pops into the Lego Spider-Man universe, which was very, very cute. So good. Um, the actual Bugle. Lego Daily Bugle set that they right, sell. Right. Of so course, good. as throughout many of these universes, we are left the, the, the fact that there is only one uh, JJ, right? One JJ, J. Jonah Jameson is, of course, played by J.K. Simmons throughout every one of these worlds, which was fucking awesome. So, so great. I'm in different worlds talking about the different stuff. Had a great time with that. Really appreciated that. And we go back to Lego Spider-Man at the very, very end of all of these sequences and just that amazing dialogue you're of one of our, you're the one of Miguel <laughs> Miguel just so I mean again this is Oscar Isaac just delivering a very serious line like thank you uh, Lego Spider-Man you're one of our best no problem <laughs> like it's just like so it's stupid. such a funny like oh my god right? yeah it's so yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know some point in this by the way I, I think it happened when Miles came back to school but it's worth pointing out that when he went back to his dorm room and Genki was there playing Spider-Man PlayStation 5. Yeah, yeah awesome. I thought that was great. That was awesome. Yeah. I will say this little bit obviously is very similar to what we saw in Multiverse of Madness when they're like kind of falling through the different universes. But this is what we wanted from that. Like, right. You nail it. You nail things. it. That's what this movie does so well is the fact that we have a multiverse to play with. Let's actually play with the multiverse. Let's have different art styles. Let's get weird with it. Let's do these things, let alone all the cameos and stuff when we actually get in there of all the different Spider-Man. And that's why I love that the live action is live action. I love that I it wasn't like an animated look realistic or whatever. It's like, that's how this universe looks. Like the ghost spider, that she's painterly in that universe. That's It doesn't change how you look. Mm -hmm. Cool. 100%. Nails it. Um... So yeah, then uh, that that is you know eventually Spot figures it out and gets out of himself or whatever, uh, and then uh, we go to the party where you know Jefferson's going to be made captain. Uh, everybody's up there. Miles was tasked with getting cakes. Uh, his mom did. So Spider Man, of course, is picking up the cakes. But of course, on the whole ride home, a whole bunch of different shenanigans are happening that Spider Man has to get involved with and stop. No, I mean I, I know it's a Spider Man, and I know he's just figuring it out. But man, I, I I hate this part of the Spider-Man movie. It's like just let the guy fucking steal her purse. What the, what's gonna happen? Prioritize your, prioritize your fucking. That how Uncle Ben died. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. Wait, that's so I did not. Somehow I don't. I fail to see how that's my problem. Remember just, that? Do you okay, remember that fucking first, line? Okay, get, let one oh, go. The fucking God. cat up in the goddamn tree. Let the cat fucking fall out of the tree. It's gotta learn. Prioritize your life Nick, a little bit. I thought you were going to be like, Spider-Man, stop going with the pizza. Stop swinging with the cake. That Like that, I understand as a critique. <laughs> like, like, Spider-Man, stop being a hero. <laughs> stop looking out for the little guy. Fucking one for once, just like let one go. Well, let one go let by. One That's all go. I'm saying. <laughs> like, there's always like, oh, I can't, I can't balance being Spider-Man versus Batman. Like, get the fuck. Whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> get a couple, let a couple go by. What's the worst that's gonna happen? Someone uh, loses their ATM card. Forget about Miles, it. Miles' mom gives a nice little speech that starts getting too real. Jefferson intercepts. He gives his own speech, at which of course he thanks his wife, and then he goes to thank Miles. The reason he does all this, and Miles isn't there, mm. it is a heartbreaking scene, of course. Yeah. Right behind it, of course. Well, Miles. thank God that lady got her fucking Michael Kors purse back, though. Well, this is what I love about this is they do a great job here of the classic superhero conundrum and Spider-Man conundrum of revealing your identity. Right, I'm always very pro. Just tell your family who you're if you're gonna do this, because it just why keep breaking their hearts and doing this. Of course, protection, yada yada yada. But I think introducing, especially for the audience, Gwen's dad's reaction, right? Which good reason why not to is an ex and then the fact that she's able to be there, be reinforced. Don't tell your family. Like, do not tell your family. Like, they do a really great job of giving him the reasons of not doing it. Which again, why it is a to the character arc part, like Andy was talking about. It is a big deal at the end, right? When he at the I'm Spider Man. That's great. Who's that? Is this for Comic-Con? Uh, what's that? Um, anyways, though. 
uh, Miles shows up. He's got the fucked up cakes. Uh, they he starts getting out shoot out of his parents. Like, but I I got you the cakes and he opens. I forget what they they now say something like I hate you or you you're, you're bad or something. I'm not proud. I'm not yeah. proud. Yeah, 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 hilarious or whatever, right? And they start then really railing on him of what's going on, where you been, why are you doing yeah. this, yada yada. He tries to dodge them. They can catch up to him really quickly. This leads to a big explosion of emotions on the roof. Sorry, there was a weird cut not here. There's a weird cut later that I wanted to call. Okay. All of this dialogue between Jefferson and uh, Rio Morales, like, it's so fucking funny to watch. It's so, like, it hits so close to home when you say the wrong thing to yep. a, a Hispanic mother that was all, like, it was just. Because he said whatever. It, like, whatever. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. even, whatever. like, Jefferson saying stuff that she, that, like, she'd give him the look of, like, well, oh, really, you're going to go there? Like. There's just a lot of those moments that I think they just completely nailed what these dynamics should be. Really great, too. I, I loved how, like, you know, usually the parents in these kind of things are put on a pedestal to be amazing and whatever. I love that they have this weird quirk that they don't want to be called by their first names by kids. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, oh, using a first name. So, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. Yankee, I don't like him. One, well, he calls me by my first well, name. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. Sure, way of knowing the kid's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so funny. I was going to say, Andy is so right. Like, there's so many, t like, it, like, Paula doesn't like the mom character because she says too many things that my mom says. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Like, I don't, I don't understand Truth. why she's so like, there's a line where, where she's uh, talking to Gwen later and she, she's like, don't steal them from me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Heard that before. <laughs> Miles gets grounded for many, many months and goes to his room to sulk. Uh, he gets there, puts on his music. We get the scene that closed last movie right of the portal opening. Ben, uh, Gwen, ben, Gwen comes through. Uh, she gets to look around his room, finds his little sketchbook filled with him. I missed you too. And then you want to go out? I can't. I'm grounded. Is Spider-Man grounded? Just a great fucking line. Come on, you know come, on come, bro. Bro. Okay. come on, bro. Okay, so. What are you going to do? Like, at that point, like, at that point you, you show your mom the footage. You're like, what was I supposed to do? So. What was I supposed to do? When Gwen comes and visits him. Huh? What at the end of Spider Verse One was that saying like this is a year later? Yeah, that's retconned. Okay, this this and at least from my understanding, actually it has to be because it's the first time she's back, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's the same so, shot, right? It's so not. You, oh, it's not. No, no, no it's no. updated. I thought it was. Yeah. It's a, I, think it's a I think it's a record. I think, think it's a real record. Of like this is this is the actual. This is what it's you like saw how last time. Back to the Future One ended, and then they reshot all that with Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're like, was Elizabeth Shue in the first one the entire time? And crazy. They were like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> it looks terrible. Wait. Uh, was it? It was. It was terrible. Uh, okay, so then, yeah, they go out. They swing around. They're having a great time reconnecting, being spider people together. They thread the needle. They do all this cool stuff. And then at one point, Spider Gwen drops off. Where'd she go? You know what she's going to do? And she puts this little fucking dingling little dingling spider bomb or spider spy on a wall or whatever and, and like, already i'm just like oh no yeah, she's playing so them oh also by the way she's wearing gym shoes now she's wearing the cons pretty cool yeah uh she swings back there she's ex explaining the spider society right miguel o'hara's in charge of it 2099 jessica's there uh the p spider punk i forget what his name is hobie hobie mm -hmm. uh, i stay over in his universe sometime wait what do you mean by that or whatever it's a funny little line or whatever what do you mean sleep over yeah, yeah exactly uh, where'd you get the converse shows her beating some kids ass stealing the converse <laughs> Uh, and they swing around, they do their things for a while, and then uh, what? They eventually go back to yeah. They go back to the party as Gwen and Miles, right? Uh, I want to say before that they have their big talk between the two of them of like really getting into their. You're right, where they're hanging, hanging upside, down, upside down, down and having the conversation. Great visual like stuff, just small character moments showing. They love comic book movies don't need to just be fighty fighty stuff. It could be like talking to each other about your feelings. Yeah, yeah. good job, guys. But they and still it. being visually interesting. Yeah, in every world, uh, Spider Man loses oh, his Gwen. The hand, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
the hand being oh. pulled back and yeah, also yeah. like well it's the first time for everything yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Man. see miles being smooth you know yeah. what i mean i like that's that type of growth I, I really appreciate like he has a unique personality now that's not just trying to be his uncle trying to be this trying to be whatever now they go back now they're up on the little water tower underneath they're having a little chit chat uh the parents look up there they don't like that one bit uh to which i would have been like that was, I, f- I fucking grounded you so that was the weirdest cut for me so the, so they like, literally cut straight from this just to them being on the water tower i was like that's a little weird weird yeah like i feel like that, that was one of those editing things where like we just don't have time to smooth this out because why would they go back to, he, he would not go back to the party and have her there knowing that he's grounded it would just be weird right yep have him left the building He's like, but like I just, I just grounded your ass. But Get like, back if you're gra- like, if, I'm if at my I dad's was, party, mom. Let's put it this way: you're mad at me for being late. Now you're mad at me for being here. What do you want, mom? I'll Kick her off the roof. Spider Man swoops in. All this happened off screen. Swear to me, you can pull with a white mom. A Latin mom's not gonna let any of that fly. Fair enough. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe Spider Man doesn't catch her. It's just one of those things where if I were grounded. Grounded was for me meant that like my social life was done. If I were sure. grounded, then all of a sudden I, my mom turned around, my friend was there, he would be grounded. Not too. to mention that, yeah, <laughs> not she, they went to the room and found her sweater in the room, right? So yeah. there's a whole Duh. bunch of stuff going on here as they're losing their their little boy and he's becoming a man. Uh, <laughs> they go up there, they have the conversation we already talked about, right? Don't steal from me, haha. <laughs> it's awkward or whatever, and then it's not going over well. Gwen is not knocking out of the park and they give her back a sweater. And uh, yeah, so then she leaves. And then she leaves, of course, to go be Spider Gwen and go chase on the little thing she left over there. Uh, Miles leaves behind her and then cloaks himself so he can see what's up. And she goes there and she gets to the inside the spots apartment. And it's all full of spots and holes and stuff. It's a weak and ass Spider Sense, by the way, huh, Gwen. Not, he's not a threat. About that too. You know what I mean? Can't sense what you love. Yeah, I mean, he's the, kind of a threat in that moment. Wait, but none of the Spider Spider Man don't sense him later too when he's like. That threat. A lot of shitty spider senses. <laughs> you gotta get that checked out at the dealership. Uh, and so yeah, this is where we see Spots playing, right? He's doing all these different things, and he's gonna get more powerful, and then he's gonna go, you know, just fucking ham and kill, kill Miles, and then you know, so sick, his whole universe. Taking a whatever villain from the comics that, like, I don't think anybody's really been that big of a fan of. Like, Spot, Spot comments have been interesting. I liked his uh, play in, um, in the Ultimate comic series, but like taking it this way of like turning him into this like super dark scary ass like just whole i loved it both visually and also just like in terms of like the potential of the future of him as a bad guy i just think is like very cool yeah 100 percent uh all that's revealed they open the portal for well no she gets the conversation from jessica right of just like yo this is fucked up you fucked this up you shouldn't have been hanging out with him she's like i had you know blah blah uh now you got to do this you have an hour to clean it up or whatever right i'll never see him again yeah oh mm. oh heartbreaker guanda she goes through the portal miles debates for a little bit looks back at the party and then jumps in the portal too to find out what the hell's going on uh he lands and he's in spider-man indies world uh he of course glitches out here now he's getting the glitches for the first time because of all this stuff uh but eventually he's able to catch up to uh uh spider gwen and uh spider india with them already spider-man india already with them i think he joins in a second right and he's like oh what are you guys doing here was he already fighting i forget they're they're going after the spot they all yeah they're 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 together uh they're going after the spot uh eventually a spot Gets away, I guess, or whatever, because we have a long con- we have the conversation then of Spider-Man India doing his whole thing and who he is and the great. Here's the traffic. There's the traffic. Here's the traffic. Uh, <laughs> I love all that. of those. Like, fantastic. So good. So great. I also love just the fact that 
Spider-Man Indies world's perfect. He's it's awesome being Spider-Man. It's easy being Spider-Man. There's never been a problem. He's gr- great. He's got a great girlfriend. That's my girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's well, beautiful he's got hair. Great, hair. <laughs> great visual style to this as well. 100%. And um, yeah, just like get, working through all this, the callbacks of the jokes of the ATM machine. Uh, it's just ATM. Why you yeah. say machine? The non chai tea. Yeah. Chai, like, oh, so good, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, of course, Spot is making his way over to Alchemax to get the next collider, to get the next bit of juice, to be even stronger, to be even more unstoppable. And as who is he voiced by? Jason Schwartzman from Phantom no, Planet. No, Spider-Man India. Oh. Oh, the guy from, from uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. The yeah. Oh, the cab driver, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great voice. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyways, the, he gets there. He does it, right? He does the thing. He, and then he, uh, sure. And then uh, they, then a whole portal opens up, and that starts eating shit and breaking shit. And then, like, the, the bridge is falling apart. And then, like, you know, uh, the, 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 his... Gwen slash MJ's dad is the captain and he's about to get crushed and then Gwen wants to move but she doesn't because she gets the notification on her spider society watch this is one of the what they call them canon events, canon events. yeah Love it. makes sense I have um, so many Loki vibes oh yeah totally, okay, totally. just all of the 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 so Spider Gwen hangs back, but not Miles Morales. He jumps in there, he swings it, he saves the day, he stops the cannon event. That makes the giant portal that starts eating reality or whatever. At this point, more Spider Men from the Spider Society show up, and they've got these little fucking triangles that they're putting down, and it's making lasers and shit, trying to stabilize the universe or whatever. Uh, and then this is when they're like, "Well, you got to come back to Spider Society HQ, where Miles wasn't going to be allowed before, but now he's got to answer for his crimes," kind of thing. I like so go for it. I was going to say I like all the lasers, by the way, and I like that that's sort of like mirrored in Spider Man and uh, uh, Miguel's. Yeah, webs. I was like, that's really cool. That's really cool. What the hell are his webs? They're badass. Like fucking cool vampire (laughs) ninja shit. I love how they describe him. You're like, what the fuck does that even mean? No, hold on. But I mean, I love that it's it's a Morbius reference. He said he's he's a he's a vampire, but he's like a he's like a superhero. And then uh, I'd watch that. Yeah, he goes, oh, I'd watch that. I'd watch that movie. I missed that. That's hilarious. (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) Good for you guys, I guess. Um, Somewhere around here, we get the actual Spider Punk introduction. Is that? Is Kobe. that here? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. He did swing in during the Spider-Man India stuff. Him yeah, coming yeah, yeah. in, them dealing with the laser fields, and um, Miles like just using his fingertips with the the shock that like we've seen him have before. But like, uh, use your palms. Hovey telling him like use the whole palms, which you know just builds like the video game upgrade shit. Yeah, such a sucker for that. Um, but his introduction is awesome. I love Spider-Punk in this. I love his voice. I love his attitude, the jokes that he makes, his style, the visual style of him, like. Glitching, but not glitching. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah. controlled punk rock, like papercraft kind of stuff. Um, with you, Andy, of like I didn't understand a single thing he was saying, but like I almost feel like that was on purpose. Like I feel like he's supposed to authentically have the accent and the slang and all that shit, and it just makes him cooler. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I really loved the, the reveal, even of him showing his face and like just everything about Spider. And I was blocked and stand out yeah. for me for sure. That, that's why I loved what I could hear of him because I, I know that the rest of it was probably just banger lines, right? Because he had so many damn good one-liners when he is talking about, you know, fighting against... Uh, that's a metaphor for capitalism. So when, that, when the one building so is sinking, funny. like, he's just, like, he's so cliche in everything that he says, but it's great. It's just so well-performed. Uh, they go to Spider Society HQ here. This is... I mean, this is pick it. your poison of what you want to talk about out of here, because this is Spider-Man everywhere. I love when they're walking by introducing the video game Spider-Man, and so they have like the spider, like the you, you you get caught up on the eight-bit look at Spider-Man, and then of course in the back is PS PlayStation Spider-Man Yuri himself, and like, are you talking about me? And then they, it pops up and says Insomniac Spider-Man, like, fuck yeah. I I really wish there was just a small little like Easter egg of 
the first face model and the second no. face model. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I haven't seen anybody point out shirtless Spider-Man, but I assume he's somewhere in one of these shots. Gotta be in if there. they want to be, if they want to be real, you know. Okay, why not? Uh, exactly. Manifested. Great. Exactly. I'm trying, everybody. Uh, and then, of course, the Donald Glover thing, right? Of like, we even have we even have Prowler, and like, you have a Prowler, and it's yeah, in turn is it's fucking Donald Glover. Amazing. I mean, guys, like, we need to break this down for a second because I think this is one of the coolest cameos I've ever seen in a movie. Because not only was it cool and fun and unexpected, it works on every level. Of we love Donald Glover, he was in the MCU. This means this is MCU universe, or at least it's implying that it is. The setup was there in those movies of him becoming Prowler, being able to see that for the first time in live action in this animated movie is just so smart and so cool. Um, the suit looks awesome as well, designed by Chris Anka. Um, the physical, how cool is that? That's cool. Um, but I really also loved the um, No Way Home almost implications of the multiverse breaking and then villains being sent into the wrong universe. It's like this just feels weirdly more aligned with the MCU's multiverse stuff that they've built over the last couple of years than some of the MCU stuff has felt. One hundred percent. And and yeah, we the, even see kind of the sacred timeline at one point. And yeah. Like, they're, they're just doing a really good job trying their best to take the pieces that right now kind of feel disparate, but like putting them together. And I think this is the, it's the ultimate cameo. Like having Tom Holland would have been incredible. Having like all that stuff. And I imagine we're going to get them in the next movie. There's got to be the big spider war or Come whatever. On, right. right? Yeah. But this, I think was, it's, it's so pitch perfect that I would have thought it was impossible. They pulled it off. It, it's such a, it's the ultimate cameo because it is a reference of a reference of a reference of a reference. The fact that, he dressed up as Spider-Man on Community, and people said, oh, he should be Spider-Man the next one. Oh, he should be Miles Morales. And he wasn't either of them, but he was a random gang member in, <laughs> in Homecoming. And he's like, oh, random. I gotta, uh, He was his uncle. He was the Prowler in Homecoming. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he's just a guy in Homecoming, and you don't know he's the Prowler until he says, I got a nephew, and you go, oh, shit, okay. Like, Fair the, enough, sorry. And then now that's what he is in here. It's just like, it just evolved and evolved like crazy. It's so wild. But Love I agree it. with you all the points about the multiverse shit, how all of this feels like the TVA, how these canon events feel like the cataclysmic event. What did they call them? The ones that would, like, end the world, so that's where... Loki incursions. was hiding the no. incursions and all that. I mean, incursions was that's what happens when one of these things was Doctor's, isn't done. Right. Was multiverse of madness? I hate you know that. what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, it was something like that's that. That's what he said. Something yeah. like that. That's what she was hiding in the end. The end of the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, anyways, a million cameos, a million things going on here. Spidey, Spidey buggies. You, I mean, you name it. Spider Man are all over the goddamn place. Pick your poison if you want to jump in and say something. But in general, what happens is we finally get over to Miguel or Miguel Station, right? Uh, and it slowly it comes down slowly. Funny joke. It, it does. This is his thing. So funny. He gets down there and he starts laying it out, right? That of course there are canon events here for every Spider-Man that makes a Spider-Man. It's the death of your uncle. It's the death of your captain. It's like this is these things have to happen. And when you stop one of them, the world self-destructs. How do I know? When I discovered the multiverse, I discovered a version of myself that was happy that had a family. I went there when he died. I took his place i thought it would work the world fell apart everything went to hell so did you mention the joke where he's like small squad small elite squad no we haven't love that joke oh yeah he walks yeah. in he sees like, the fastness and he's like small oh. squad he's oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like thousands of people yeah. in front of this. so you said uh, stop you where you want to please, i have to stop you please because i mean like looking at all the the spiders so many references so many cool things so many original characters too but spider-man unlimited with his shitty cape and stuff like all all the fun stuff but my boy 
Mick Scarpino, spectacular Spider-Man, voiced by Josh Keaton, with lines in this movie. I lost my shit, and everyone around me lost their shit. Taken too soon from us, spectacular Spider-Man. Watch it on Disney+. Plus. Maybe we can save it somehow, but I'm happy that somebody out there fucking cares. I mean, with the shakes. best Spider-Man They were like, what a waste of resources putting this character <laughs> in here. Where's Ultimate Spider-Man? Where, where is he? Where is good he? question. It's a real good question. Who was the Spider-Man with the, uh, the cutoff jacket? That was like really introverted. You want to tell you this one, Greg? Ben Riley. Oh, the in the blue hoodie. Yeah, yeah that's Ben Riley. That's okay. the Clone Saga Spider Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's that is what is regarded as one of the worst comic stories of all time. Is that why they the made worst? him like kind of a shitty, he's like not su- shitty character? He's like, supposed to be his character is supposed to be comic Spider Man, like comic um, Ben Riley. Oh, Spider-Man. so he's always is that why he's always thinking out so, loud or whatever? Yeah, exactly. So like his universe is supposed to actually be the comic book, and he's kind of cel shaded like that a bit. Um, but he, yeah, voiced by, um, uh, Andy, Andy Samberg, Samberg. which was fun in this, but, oh, I didn't know that. but yeah, in the, in the storyline, essentially the Spider-Man we've known for a long time in the comics was a clone <laughs> and it was a clone the whole time. For years. And people, this is where I stopped reading Spider-Man books in protest where it was that Spider-Man had a great, not a great life. I mean, he fought and, you know, had people die all the time, but like he was married to Mary Jane. Everything was great. Then it turns out, yeah, this fucking clone saga we did in the 60s or the 70s, whatever it was, where you stuffed the old Spider-Man, the Spider-Man into a, a fucking smokestack or whatever. It turned out that was actually the real Peter Parker. You were the clone. The clone went on thinking he was the real Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Then Ben Riley shows up, reveals that it's the whole fucking thing. It was one of those things where it could have been a cool idea, ended up not being. So this guy ends up living his life as Ben Riley mm. and like goes out and he becomes the Scarlet Spider with that outfit. Cool, cool outfit, though. Really cool. Yeah, I I love the the overall look of it. Really reminded me of could because of the juxtap the juxtapositioning just juxtaposing uh, art styles. Reminded me of playing as a cel shaded character in Spider Man sure. <laughs> and sure. seeing yeah. like oh I'm this like toon goofy ass looking Spider Man in this like ultra realistic world. Looked really cool. So. uh Miguel lays it all out the canon events yada 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 which builds of course to Jefferson's about to die your dad's about to become a captain that's what's gonna happen when's it gonna happen two days I think they say or whatever right yeah. but you have to let it happen and all the Spider-Men should keep trying to convince him he has to let it happen and he's like no fuck that and then the chase is on which we've seen uh, in trailers and stuff like that and it's still stunning and amazing and a million different Spider-Man running at him and doing stuff incredible stuff and so many funny jokes with the T-Rex and with the cat and yes. all that stuff it's like so so damn good uh, and visually stunning like so much cool shit I, I do want to talk about this me and you were talking about this off camera a little bit greg where yeah. i know that this is a movie and i know that it has to be focused on the cast that they have and for as many characters in, in this movie as there are i think they do such a good job of making us actually care about them giving them unique identities and it's not just if you know you know it's like no we're telling you we're telling you what you need to know but that means that a lot of the cameos and stuff are just cameos and i feel like it starts to become noise which can work and be interesting when it's hundreds of spider-men chasing miles but if you take a second to start questioning it which i do it bothers me where I'm just like, my spectacular Spider-Man would not do this. And like Insomniac Spider-Man would he not do this. Do this. Yeah. And like all these Spider-Man characters would not do this. And it, it's just too big of a leap for me to buy that. That like, oh, 2099 saying we need to let Miles' dad die? Yeah, it's like, rough. No, no fucking but way. Tim, it, it's the multiverse. So it's not your spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. It's exactly like your spectacular Spider-Man. Except, except he would do he this. Would do yeah. Yeah, totally. And and that's the thing. I can I hear that and it is that is what it is. Well, the but, hard one was Jake Johnson, right? It's 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 Peter B. Parker. Peter B. Parker, like, who I did skip over at this point, had come up right and done right. a whole bunch of fun stuff, and he's got a daughter baby. The daughter yeah, adorable. Yeah. So what about, that's look the at these pictures one of where you're like, we no were looking at it right now. <laughs> that was so great. Um, 
that 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 was what was rough, and that that's where it starts to get a little hinky, where you're like, Ugh, like you were you were really committed to like holding this kid hostage while his do dad you believe died? that we're gonna get to the next movie and it'll be revealed that either hook or crook that but like mcguffin that actually that's not what eats the world apart there's some other thing happening probably yeah i do feel like there's going to be some not a retcon even just like continuing the story yeah, yeah. um of something that like makes it feel a little better i just think that like there's just certain elements of like how he's being chased, like even by Gwen and, and Peter B. Where, and that like, was the thing for me with oh, Peter B. and Gwen giving chase. Like even though they, I mean, we can skip ahead and come back if you want to, or whatever. But even on the rocket or whatever, right where it is, like taking off and like you didn't, you, you didn't. You, this isn't what you said you do. This wasn't the plan. The plan. You guys knew that he was gonna chase me and right. capture me and let me. You know, what I mean, like that. I was all like, that's a hard that doesn't one. feel like it. And then to get to the end and have Gwen like go out and you know I, and i was still like i'm not cheering for you on this like i still feel like yeah I don't it's like know. a cardinal sin for characters right it's hard it's hard to have a character commit something that dark and then bring and have them be redeemable for the for your main character later in the time right it's like it's like it's like, it's like as if they would have killed the dad themselves and be like oh really sorry about that didn't know what's going on it's tantamount to that in my in my mind so yeah it's hard and it to also it back. and it also kind of um puts those two things at odds where you know Miles' dad dying would be the most tragic thing to happen to him, right? Yeah. Aside from his uncle dying already. And then you're showing all that. You want the audience to know that this is a very, very serious issue. And then, even though I laugh, but to play it as a joke of like, and then, let me guess, your uncle died in the psychiatrist's office? Like, yeah. Th those sort of like Spider-Man meme -y things that people always make fun of, of like, you know, uh, Spider-Man eating Uncle Ben's rice or whatever, you know, yeah, that sort of, like, yeah, yeah. that kind of makes things feel less, you know, I guess serious and severe on Miles' side of things, where it's like, this is his whole world, and it's a meme on the other side of things, once you're kind of made aware that all this is, yeah, it happens to everybody, no worries, you know? Like, Yeah, yeah, I, I think for me the thing that really stood out is... Like, if it were other superheroes or other characters, I can buy it a little bit more, especially if it was a whole bunch of different ones. But the fact that it's just hundreds of Spider-Men, like, specifically, it's like, Spider-Man's whole thing is, fuck the grand calculations of the multiverse and all that. Look at No Way Home. Like, legitimately, that Peter went in direct opposite uh, of what this is, of just like, no, 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 I'm saving everybody, even the bad guys. Like, we're doing this. And so I just find it so hard to believe that one Spider-Man would be okay with this, let alone two, three, four, a thousand of them. Well, that's the counter-argument there, right? You have an infinite amount of Spider-Man. They found a thousand of them that did agree with it. The rest of them didn't agree. That's why Miles couldn't be a part of this to begin with, right? So well, no, I think what I hear you, I, uh, that could be very well. I think the reason, I think the reason they're going to drive that Miles bucks the trend is that back to the thing in Miguel, right? Saying like the, the right. rocket, right? Like you're not supposed to be Spider-Man. You're not a Spider-Man. You're, you're mm. a fucking, you're an anomaly. You're a freak. This wasn't supposed to happen to you. Mm. You're you Spider-Man never became Spider-Man in your universe. We're us. We're Spider-Man. You're this guy who has cheated, cheated a universe out of its Spider-Man. And that's I like, powers. I, I don't know why something that simple had never even crossed my mind. Cause I'm stupid. And that whole concept immediately became the coolest shit it's of amazing. all time. Like, it, it had never occurred to me that, but then I guess on the opposite side of things, I wonder, well, then why would, why would your dad die if you're not the real Spider-Man? Great question. Exactly. Why would that be the canon event? Good question. Mm -hmm. I, it may be, but I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Like, remember, we're going off of the, first off, 
Miguel O'Hara saying that's what's going to happen and then having his one – he has one proof that it happened, right, with his thing and then maybe, I guess, the Spider-India thing. But, again, I think it's going to be undone. I think it's going to be – actually, this is what was going on. But then it's also hey, – Spider-India, we killed your dad, actually. <laughs> and like, yeah, and it, the whole thing about, you know, Miles' dad's going to die. I think Miles can't process that all that information fast enough of, like, that's what's going on or blah, blah, And I think that, yeah, we're going off of Miles' dad's going to die because of the vision Miles has from being inside Spot. But even then, we don't actually see his dad die, right? We see his dad run towards a kid who needs help, like all the Captain mm-hmm. Stacys do. It seems. Right. And then it kind of just collapses. But he, well, we don't know if he's actually crushed or anything. You think in part three, we get like a... I yeah, think, I think, I think, I think it happens, and Jefferson walks out alive with the kid. With and then no Miguel's order. like, oh my God, they, they didn't explode. What the exactly. hell? Exactly. You know? And I think there's how good is Oscar Isaac in this movie? He's great. so good. What a great And I love yeah. a little, the little Spanish accent, a little tinge to it. It's so good. It's one of those things where you go, I w- I w- like, can we use him live action? Can we get him a li- as yeah. live action? I just want Oscar Isaac and everything. Yeah. Me included. Go ahead. Do you guys go. think wow. there's going to be any sort of reveal that Oscar Isaac actually Three. killed that other Spider Man that he was like, oh, and then I saw that he had died in that universe? Interesting. I could see that. That's, then, that that'd be really cool. I don't. I think so, because I don't think they want to make him that bad of a guy. I think. The, I, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I like. He is down to make a lot of bad decisions. So I think deep down, he's got a lot of darkness in him. Yeah. Uh, I, that, I also that being said, I want to say like, uh, Greg, do you know anything about these vampire rules that he has? Because like, no, I used to know twenty ninety nine. I read that when it was actually dropping, but since I have not, it's such no, I don't know. It, I don't remember that well, and I don't remember that bite. being. That dude, right? it, it, when they did the, you know, the Beanox Spider-Man game, right, uh, uh, Shattered Dimensions, I don't remember that ever being something they wrote into my thing either, the game. I don't either. I didn't know he was like, I didn't know there were vampire vibes until they mentioned it, because I always just thought like, oh, this vampire has teeth like a spider, like, well, that's his sort of like trait, I don't There know. was that one moment, though, he was going to bite someone, right? Yeah. Where they were fighting, and he's like, I didn't want to do this, and then they interrupt it. I don't know much about it. What's up with the vampire vibes, Tim? With uh... I, you know, I was honestly surprised by that, too. Spider-Man 29, a big blind spot for me uh, with this, but uh, I was first really introduced to him in the Spider-Verse comics, the first run oh, of yeah, 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 Like yeah. He was one of the core uh, members of it, and they like rebooted his series, or like issue number one him after that. Um, gotcha. Spider- I don't remember the vampire stuff. Here we go. I got, I got some teeth facts for you. Is it a tooth? I don't know. Teething tired. Teeth Let me tell you about it. Come sit in this booth. Spider-Man 2099 is a bit more in touch with the spider side than most versions of Spider-Man. On top of, of the claws and talons, he has large fangs in his mouth. The fangs can be used to pierce his opponents. What makes them more effective is that they are loaded with venom and they can paralyze others. All Miguel has to do is lift off his mask, get a bite in, his, and his foe is right for being thrown in prison. The fangs do present a few problems for Spider-Man 2099, but they're a cool addition to the spider roster that we would never see on a present Peter Parker. But it's less vampire, more spidery. Yeah. That makes sense. Anyways, we've kind of covered all of it, right? We're going up the train. It's, a spaceship. it's like, a, it's like a one of the, a, a, an elevator, space elevator that they always talk, they used to talk about. Like an Elysium or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, the air's getting thin, all that shit. Uh, Miguel lays out everything we've already talked about. There's a big confrontation between Peter B., Gwen, and Miles. You knew, blah, blah, blah. And then it's that whole thing of, uh, you know, I forget in which order it happens, but the reveal of, well, you know, at least I did, I did, I did you know, drag away hundreds of Spider-Man from your compound or whatever. And then Peter B.'s like, he did have a plan. I taught him. I'm a good mentor whatever and then there's the not gonna <laughs> do my own thing right where he pops off and like you know very similar to popping off the glass right i think he yeah. even has the shit he does have a couple shards yeah, coming yeah. off the train yeah goes uh incognito mode the third one no shards swings all the way back to uh hq gets in there there's the one spider person who does the just v- vr goggles what 
the work from home spider. The work from home spider. That's that right. Margo? Spider bite. I've, I've heard of that. Uh, Which just makes me wonder, like, well, well, I guess what are the qualifications to become that spider? Do you, 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 you want to work from home? Is that one? You got to be up by you 7 a.m. You got to be able to work on the web. Oof. <laughs> Damn, Kev. <laughs> Damn, Kev. <laughs> he gets back in. He's the, the machine seems like it comes to life by itself. Nice job. Uh, spider bite, you know, is like, that shouldn't happen. Jessica checks in. Why is that? It shouldn't happen. Uh, you know, the material gets scanned. It's Earth 42 that we're getting sent to, right? It's, Kevin, it's not that funny. Come on. <laughs> it was good. I thought it was great. I, mean, I thought it was great. Kevin's got fucking Joker, Joker gas. So over there, yeah, yeah he, you know, it happens. Uh, uh, she, 42 gets scanned. The thing firms up around him. Uh, finally, cool Spider visual. Bite's able to see uh, through a million different things, right? That boom, uh, he's in there, but they had a moment earlier. And like, again, some people are kind of figuring out that this kind of sucks, right? And whatever, let him have his moment, try to save his dad. This moment of, you said it earlier, but the when he's first in Earth 42 and we're seeing the swinging of Gwen in the other universe and him in this one, and they're kind of cutting between the two. And there's one scene, super Ninja Turtle, super comic booky of like split the screen horizontally where it, the top is the zoomed out version and then the bottom is more zoomed in of him running and jumping across um, or like swinging across different uh, roofs. It was just utterly stunning. Like the the way that Earth 42 looks, the shadows and this lighting and everything, it was like, oh my God, this is probably my favorite of these universes. Like they take it so far and I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what quality about it, but it looked different. Like they, it, it was so much cooler. Yeah, I think like they use different lighting for what the shadows in the world would be. Uh, I I love that in this movie they played all around. It seemed like a lot more with multi-panel type stuff on screen. Uh, I, I think of like the long shot of Gwen walking away from her dad, but on the right side, or Gwen, Gwen walking away from the band, and then on the far right is just a little like single square panel of like the close-up of Gwen. I feel like they played a lot uh, around with that a lot more, but the yeah, this whole this whole reveal, and I mean, you initially see him talking to his mom, and it's like, "Why's he got a purple and green jacket color combo? What's going on here?" Oh, so good, mm. dude. I love shit like this. We jump some, so you know, they tried to pull apart the thing that was going to send him back, and he got blasted back. He got sent over there. Uh, of course, uh, Spider Gwen and Peter B get kicked to the curb or whatever. Uh, yeah, we get to Earth forty two. They dispatch uh, who drew. Uh, Scarlet Spider and 2099 mm-hmm. to go ch- chase him down in Earth 42, or to chase him down in his Earth, I should say. Um, uh, you know, everything you just said happens, right? But eventually, we, it's, yeah, you know, I'm Spider Man. Who's that? Is that a Comic Con thing? And then we cut back to the real universe, right? Where Gwen is able to sneak in because she distracted Scarlet Spider, I forget how. And uh, nobody's there, right? And then his real parents show up. Uh, we're having the conversations on the dual planes, right? Uh, Basically, Gwen to his real parents are like, yeah, you know, I'm going to find him and I'll bring him home and don't worry, you better and yada, yada, yada. She goes off to go do that uh, because, oh, she already got sent home and found Hobie's uh, fake, uh, made up device, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, Kev? I was going to say, do you guys think it was weird that she was hiding in this house and then was like, oh, I'll tell his parents that he's gone missing? Like, why scare the parents? I mean, they were already scared. Yeah, they were worried. I think it would have been cooler to tell your Spider-Man. I think it would have been a cool, I would have. Pert, I mean, who, I'm not. I don't write movies for a reason. Yeah. I think it would have been cool there to be like, listen, I'm spider. I'm spider. I'm a Spider Man. He's a Spider Man. Like I, I told him not to tell you. I see why I, sh- I should have not told a lot of things right now. You know, I think that could have been a cool, cool thing with there. it eventually. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we already had that, didn't <laughs> we? Had that too. Moment, we had yeah, that moment. Yeah, like, yeah. I forgot all the things getting like, sent back. Hug. You're right, you're right, you're yeah. right. Point got sent back, and that good stuff. Spider Punk gave it to her dad to give to him the device to get it. Into the it. colors you talked about earlier, like the the moment where her and her dad kind of like the the web shoot to the hug, like the it the entire color palette changes and it gets so much brighter. It's yeah, like, oh, and it look so it's sick. it looked like a. I don't know, it's so like a Pinterest wallpaper or something. It just started to look like a lot more positive mm-hmm. and happy, but without overdoing uh, without overdoing it in any way. I don't know, it just felt really, really well done. Uh, and so, yeah, then back on Earth-42, it's uh, I don't know who Spider-Man is or whatever, what are you talking about? He, Miles puts it together that he went to the wrong universe, right? Because, of course, Uncle Aaron walks in. Uh, he takes him upstairs where there's a mural, not to Uncle Mar- Aaron, but to uh, his dad who's been slain. Uh, you know, we, we piece together pretty quick that Uncle Aaron's up to some nefarious shit as always. And then what happens? Another prowler comes in and punches him out. And um, there's another scene interstitial here. But then eventually he wakes up and he's on, he's in Uncle Aaron's apartment uh, tied to the bo- the bag. He kind of pours his heart and soul out to what's happening to Uncle Aaron. Uh, Uncle Aaron's like, I'm not the Prowler. Prowler shows up, uh, takes off the mask, gets Miles Morales of that world or whatever. Oh, no. Credits. Fucking love it, dude. Every single thing here, I was just so into. The reveal of the dopest Jordans I've ever seen. The braided hair reveal that we get the setup line earlier for. But uh, Uncle Aaron taking the Prowler's, like, glove Love. and punching the punching bag and the way that that looked and the sound design of it all that was like a scary i can't wait to hear that tonight properly because like my god that was like it was a gut punch of a sound effect i i guess the the one thing that kind of uh irked me about this sequence like i don't mind how long it was uh drawn out i, I know like uh, barrett and blessing and a couple of people were just saying like it was a little bit too long but like i think it may have been i think it may have seemed too long if you are if you're very familiar with the IP and you, you know what the reveals are likely going to be. Um, but I thought it was kind of weird that uncle Aaron was okay with a lot of this and like, didn't freak out in any way. Cause like there's no Spider-Man in that world. Right. Do we know if there's any other like supernatural villains in this world? Because it just felt weird that like, Hey, you've, took your braids out or whatever you know you just like his mom mentioned oh you changed your hair what'd you do with your hair and he goes oh you took your braids out and i think this whole time you know wouldn't he be more freaked out by the fact that there's a fucking clone in this universe like i i my thought i mean i don't know right and who knows it when they are on the rooftop and miles looks around he is like oh there's no spider-man and it's like there's burning fires everywhere it kind of gets that back to the future biff's world vibe yeah. going on where it is a fucked up harder place yeah so i mean i would assume yes there's probably some still superhero and meta meta humans running around or whatever but i also it seems like you know aaron's using the prowler tech which is pretty high tech so i'm sure they've had weird shit happen before and so to get there and immediately know that that guy's not the guy maybe you think it's not even another dimension thing as much as a pretender chameleon kind of situation somebody else from the sinister six which i think does exist, right? There was some reference to Jay Jonah makes a Sinister Six gang reference or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I I still loved all of this though. I I I'm such a sucker for the dual plane stuff. When you're watching a true detective type show on HBO, and you're like, oh my god, what's happening here? Nothing, like something is off here. And that that feeling that movies make you feel that way, like just that simple fact that you can feel that way in a theater is awesome. And I wish our theater was uh you know a bit louder on that punch on the punching bag because it was pretty underwhelming tim but then getting that the the team up right the the promise for the the sequel getting gwen kind of getting the squad together 
our theater, I think the loudest they popped for anything in this film, besides me for Spectacular Spider-Man, yeah, um, was Spider-Noir coming back. Yeah, <laughs> when I we saw yeah. People lost their shit. I and I think that shit. that's just a testament to the team that works on these movies, understanding that they have something special with their versions of these characters. And focusing on them allows us to care about new characters, which I think is more important than me getting my fun, even Spectacular Spider-Man moments. Like, I love that they actually... Created a character last movie that we missed in this one and we're excited to have back in the next. Yep. We continued. Ragu. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to uh, Ragu. Ragu. We hit it again. Ragu. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome <laughs> to Rag Guys Talk Bad Guys, the podcast within a podcast. We rank all the villains of the Spider-Man cinematic universes. Uh, currently, we have nine folks on the list. Worst to best, it goes like this. Number nine, Morbius right. from Morbius. Uh, number eight, Carnage <laughs> slash Shriek from Venom 2. Number seven, Venom oh, slash the new Goblin from Spider-Man 3. Number six, Evil Elon Musk. Which shows you, I think, how long ago we recorded wow, that yeah. one. Evil Elon Musk yeah. and Riot from Hilarious. Venom. <laughs> Call him the better Elon Musk. Number, no. <laughs> <laughs> number five, Electro and Gobby from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Number four, Norman Osborn in Spider-Man. Uh, number six, I'm sorry, number three, I fucked all that. I did five, four, Norman Osborn. Three, The Lizard from The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, number two, Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2. Number one, Kingpin et al. from Into the Spider-Verse. Where would you gentlemen like to rank Miguel O'Hara, Spot, and we'll throw in the Prowler just for fun? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I feel like, weirdly, this list of bad guys isn't that good or that interesting overall. Um, I think there's kind of a lot of misses. Um, we're not including the MCU villains on this, so no, no way home. That's the MCU bragu bagu, um, right, everybody? No far from yeah. home, no yeah, homecoming, straight, yeah. which I think pretty much all those villains would be the top of this list. But without them... I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of a toss-up between... For me, this is either the number one or two spot. I just don't know which one, and I don't think I have an argument too much each way. Kingpin know. was interesting in the first one, but like... I think I, th I think Kingpin had, uh, obviously, great motivations, and the fact that, again, he's just a normal dude. This is just a big dude with no superpowers that was able to punch people out, I think is really impressive. But we kind of have similar... Motivations with Miguel here, trying to get his family from another place, <laughs> seeing himself in a happier place because he lost them and he wants them back. Going along <laughs> with Spot, who just seems like a normal revenge type story, Mysterio type thing. Uh, we're talking about Homeboy from Iron Man 3. You know, I am the slighted scientist who uh, was done wrong and now I am hellbent on revenge. And the fact that it just seems... To feel, to feel the fear from the other characters' voices of like, no, 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 this guy is like doing more and more, and he's kind of, uh, he's going, he's exponentially getting more and more dangerous, I think makes him a really, really cool villain. And I just loved Jason Schwartzman's acting. It was like so understated and sinister when it needed to be. I'd put these at number one. I, I'm going to go number two because I think that the overall group of bad guys in the first one whether it's the ultimate goblin form or the liz doc ock plus uh, when they get, have that house battle and we see a scorpion mm -hmm. we see tombstone all that stuff like 
I think Prowler in general too. Like I wanted Prowler, to get in there. Yeah, yeah, my, you're right. Personally, yeah. I would vote the, this group at three below Doc Ock and Spider-Man two because I love them so much. But if it's just a race between one and two, I would get my weight here behind Kingpin at all. We're underselling it because it was Kingpin, it was Prowler and Uncle Aaron and all that being tied up in there. It was the cool design of the Goblin. It was Liv and everything with her. Right? Like I think those that this don't get me wrong. Miguel Spot and Prowler in this one again still awesome. These this movie is still great. Greg, you're right. At all, I kind of forgot what that meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah there we go. Mm-hmm. So number one. Are you there, Eddie? Yeah, I'm in number one, yeah. What about you, Nick? Uh, I would agree. Wait, you're voting number one? No, I'm in number, <laughs> I'm in number two. two. Oh. I, would, I, would, I would agree. Number two. I mean, I think that I, I would say that the only argument I have is that Miguel, to me, is, very, is way more interesting from just the dynamics of what, what his motivations are. He is a good guy. He's, not, mm-hmm. he's trying to keep a whole world from being destroyed to do one bad thing. I'm always, I'm always a fan of when you can make a bad guy somewhat sympathetic um i do think there's going to be more dimensions to him that we see in the third one which is great left left the door open for that to flesh his character out even more um but the prowler character alone and just that dynamic of like what that means to miles i think has got to be number one yeah so there you go there you go your new list then uh, has it number one kingpin at all from into the spider-verse number two miguel spot and the prowler across the spider-verse so now it's time to rank sony pictures universe of spider-man characters uh currently Number one is Into the Spider-Verse. Number two, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Number three, Amazing Spider-Man. Number four, Spider-Man 2. Number five, Venom. Number six, Spider-Man. Number seven, Venom 2. Number eight, Spider-Man 3. Number nine, Morbius. Where are we going to put across the Spider-Verse? I'll start at the base. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not just that. Greg, did you put Morbius at the bottom? He didn't. Where'd I put it? Number five. Above Venom. <laughs> I remember I pissed a lot of people off with that, didn't I? <laughs> Damn, that happened. So he had voted already. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Oh, never yeah. mind. Greg never had him at five. That. You had him at eight. Me and Nick had him at nine. Majority rules. I'm Michael Morbius. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. I'm a doctor. <laughs> yeah, because if I remember the way I usually vote right is I go to I disagree. That's the thing where I, I don't like, you know, it's, every one of these lists, <laughs> none of us like them, right? In terms of like where uh, the votes end up. So, I mean, like, don't be wrong. I think Spider-Man, which is number six, is a better movie than Morbius. But I got to Venom and I was like, Venom sucks. I hate it. Get it out of here. There we go. Morbius number nine. Uh, where are we putting Spider-Verse? Nick. Um, I would say after much consideration and deliberation mentally that I would put this at number two. I think this is a tremendous movie. I think this is an incredibly entertaining movie, a great achievement. I think it's a solid sequel to the first one, but man, the first Spider-Verse movie was pretty special. And I think it, I'm just kind of a sucker for origin stories. And unfortunately, when you're making a sequel, you're up against, you know, it's a big mountain to climb. And they did a great job, but I I just think nothing's going to, that first one's very special to me. So I would say number one, I'd say I put this at number two. Is there more of a comparison? More of this? We've already had... Breath of the Wild and the Tears of the Kingdom. We already had God of War into God of War Ragnarok, where those games are giving you a lot more mechanics and they are overall like technically more impressive, but do they capture the magic as much as the first one did? And in this one, I would say no. I think this is a number two for me um, because it's still like it, it is just a feast for the eyes. At times, a little bit too much for the eyes. 
sometimes worried about people who may have like seizures in the theaters and shit. But overall, I think this movie is an absolute blast, and I I just don't think that the I I just go back to the what's up danger moment honestly. What's like up as as special as <laughs> as these movies are front to back on both sides of uh, of you know going from dialogue to writing to characters to acting to art style to everything um that what's up danger moment just kind of really sets this apart from uh from part one so i'd put this at number two greggy again i think this is a great time it, oh no it, it was are you gonna dis- put it at fucking 10 it was a disappointment for me i think it's far and away number two on this list like you know what i mean like i was about to literally be like greg you're done with the interview (laughs) i mean you know how everybody likes to twist your words and turn your words on the show it's just like i was yeah i i wanted it to be in my opinion as good if not better than the first and i know how high that bar is don't get me wrong and so but yeah it's still a great movie it's still a great time there you go timothy him it's number two. I, I, I feel like number one is just so... I said it last week. It's my second favorite movie of all time. It is so special. Um, I think this is one of the best sequels of all time. I think this is one of the best part twos of a trilogy uh, of all time. We haven't even got the third one yet, but we know we're going to, and I expect it to be potentially my favorite trilogy of all time when all said and done. Um, there's so much going on with this. I love that they were able to do it. It very much in some ways feels like Back to the Future Part Two, like just more and cooler stuff, but I think this is way better than Back to the Future Part 2. I think all the shortcomings of that movie, especially watching it for in review, realizing that when you're not a little kid, the fun stuff is kind of all that there is, and it's not really that deep of a plot or anything. I think that this has that depth. It has the character moments. It has the themes. It has art styles for days and all that. But, uh, yeah, it's it's number two for me because I feel like so many of the things I care about most – I preferred in the first one. The What's Up Danger moment is something that is so powerful, and I, I'm going to go back and want to watch it a bazillion times. I don't know how interested I am in watching any single scene of this movie a bazillion times, and that is not the quality of the movie or anything, but I just think overall, it's kind of where I fall on this one. Can't wait to watch it again, and who knows where I'll, I'll feel in the future, but as of right now, got to be true to my heart. This is number two. True to your heart. Um, but I think it being number two, like to Greg's point of like on this list, it is what it is or whatever. I think that this is so high that on any of my interview list, it would be very, very, very high Like compared to any of the other movies we're talking about. like I love this movie. And if you want to let us know how bad our rankings are, do it in the comments below and let yeah. us know what your rankings are. Engage. So I can go to your shows and talk shit to you because I know these are bad. I know, and I'm sorry, okay? I shouldn't have put Quantum Mania so fucking high. I know. Idiot. That's what happens, y'all. Maybe the next one. You know what I mean? Where's our boy? Where's our music, Andy? I need the music. Let us know in the comments below what you think of all this stuff. Until next time. Marvel Radio Woo!